live from our respective apartments. It's just meaningful plastic. I'm Chris Dockham Goodman. Here with me is fellow judge Katie Claire Narber. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Chris, welcome to the podcast. This is something we've talked about for many years. Mm-hmm. We've touched on it. Yep. And why not finally start a Dancing with the Stars podcast <laughs> while it's airing its 29th season and is arguably far from its peak of cultural relevance? Why not start a podcast now? I can't think of any reason why not to. You know what the saying is, strike while the iron is the least hot it's been. It's lukewarm. <laughs> I mean, that's... Is it lukewarm right now? I would say for the average viewer, it would be lukewarm. I would say for the diehards and the gem hunters, it is pretty cold. (laughs) Uh, I suppose part of what made us think right now is the time to start doing Mm -hmm. a Dancing with the Stars retrospective Mm -hmm. is what helped bring Dancing with the Stars at least back into some conversation over the summer, which was a change in host and co-host with the departure is not the right word. Uh, The unmutual... (laughs) The unmutual execution of Emmy-winning host Tom Bergeron um, and the replacement with new executive producer, uh, supermodel, smizer, villain against Naomi Campbell, Tyra Banks. Yes, yes. And so with this change in leadership it seemed like now was the right time to look back at those bygone beautiful days of spray tan, fringe, glitter, Tom, mirror balls, Mm -hmm. so much. Um, And so we wanted to talk about our, our old experiences with the ballroom, with the ridiculata of dancing with the stars. Mm Mm-hmm. And what better way in podcast form? I mean, this is a show that has been on for 15 years. And so there is a lot that can be said about it. I think that it's it's fun to take something that we both love so much and to remind ourselves how we got here and why we... It's it's almost like you need to like reappreciate the show in a way and to just what better time than when the world is a garbage fire and we can't go do anything. (laughs) So we should sit in our apartments and discuss 2005 Dancing with the Stars. Well, I know on on my end, I know I made the decision not to continue Mm -hmm. watching Dancing with the Stars this season. You are, right? I am watching. I'm watching weekly, um, typically live. And it's been kind of fun because you and I have watched the show previously together for quite a few seasons. And obviously we 
know each other quite well and we have formed strong opinions on pros and on the show as a whole and things like that and so it's been very fun to have I'm watching it with my mom right now and this is only her second season and it is quite refreshing to be kind of experiencing it through fresh eyes um she just the other week uh we were doing our voting of course you can vote 10 times for a couple through your texting and so we were going to vote for I want to say Caitlin Bristow maybe and my mom like kind of muttering to herself but also you know wanting me to know is like well I'm only voting for her eight times because she has dance experience and I'm like oh sweetheart (laughs) if you only knew how many of them have professional dance experience well as somebody who does not watch the show now did I see that like Nev secretly has dance experience that they've been trying to not disclose? Well, I I would say no. I think people are maybe trying to blow it up into something that it's not. He had, like, ADHD, and so his parents put him in a, like, once-a-week after-school program that was, like, a dance class. So does he know how to count time, and did he do that for, like, a short period of time in his life? Yes. Is he professionally trained? No. Neva's also my front runner, if you can't tell, which is why I'm going to heavily defend this stance. Well, I know, even if you do have dance experience, sometimes you just can't count to eight, and it's really hard for you. And you just you just want to help Derek get that that new victory, and... I could have done that a bit better. This is a Nicole Skertinger hate podcast. That's what this is. (laughs) We're calling you out, Nicole. Come on the podcast and defend yourself, Nicole. (laughs) She's too scared. She hasn't responded to any of our requests. (laughs) So, like you said, we've both been watching for many seasons. Yes. Uh, how many of its 15 years have you watched? I, being a Des Moines native, when Sean Johnson was on season eight, that was definitely like my first exposure to it. And it was a great season to have be your first exposure to it. And then I kind of like dipped out for a little bit. And then Jennifer Grey was on in season 11. Um, and then I would say that I've religiously been watching like season 14 or 15 on so I would say maybe about five years worth of heavily watching five to seven maybe what about you Christopher I am in the same boat as you uh Sean Johnson was my first season that I actually watched uh I don't I really don't think I watched before then even though like Dancing with the Stars became a sort of hit. And my family watched some reality TV things, but I think Dancing with the Stars stayed off our radar until okay. Sean Johnson. Um, and like you said, that's arguably one of the the first peak seasons of the show. Um, and then after Sean's season, I was aware of it. I followed it very, very loosely again until all stars which was season 15 Uh again for the sean johnson connection yes um 
And after after All Stars, I never stopped. I also sort of had a weird experience following Dancing with the Stars because prior to All Stars, for probably at least two or three seasons, uh, I was following entertainmentweekly.com religiously as a person at that time um, during EW's peak influence. And uh, there was a writer there, Annie Barrett, who would just write these bat shirt insane posts, uh, like recaps of Dancing with the Stars, and then would also do image posts that were just a lot of jokes of here are these ridiculous ha- g- like going-ons in the background of the show, uh, hidden gems, if you will, that mm-hmm. every every Tuesday when they would post, maybe on Wednesdays, I don't know, time is a construct. We're living in quarantine where time doesn't exist anymore. Um, yep. And every day when they would post i would be like yes let's go and would like look at the hidden gems for a show that i did not watch so i was very invested in dancing with the stars without watching it um until all stars happened and then i was like let's go and Mm -hmm. then we both discovered a mutual love of dancing with the stars and Mm -hmm. we became also insane together watching it um Mm-hmm. People have marveled at sc- shouts, screams, um, singing. If you can call it that. <laughs> uh, scoring. Like, truly. The fact that we scored every dance that we watched together, uh, even at times that we weren't able to be in person, we would, like, call yes. each other briefly during the commercial breaks to be like, okay, what you think? Let's score it. The judges have the scores. <laughs> um I mean, I have, like, I feel like you could put a book of the text messages that have been ex- exchanged when we couldn't watch episodes together. I mean, it was just paragraphs of dissecting, you know, the packages and the dancing and the scoring and how the episode played out. I mean, we have we've done our due diligence. It you, like. you say that there have been, like, books worth of texts during episodes, and that ignores off-season times, midweek musings, um, (laughs) (laughs) lots of words exchanged. Lots, lots of words exchanged about some of them kind, some of them not, some of them not kind to each other. Um, not that we would ever blame someone else for the elimination of a star that we loved. Not that we would ever say it was one person's fault and it was Katie's. No. Um, we would never do that. But if we would, we might have yelled about it in public. Maybe just once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, like, truly, it, Dancing with the Stars is a show that, like, brought out our... Neuroses is not the right word. Uh it, insanity is not the right passion passion that's a kind word it that's a kind word and it's a good word Mm -hmm. to use for that because i mean truly it's i think it's so interesting and i love when i talk to people about like how is the show still on and things like that and i'm like you it is a 
a ballroom dancing competition series with C-list talent (laughs) (laughs) that has made it, that has survived for 15 years. And there's, there's something special that happens every week in the ballroom Mm -hmm. that keeps me coming back for more. And that is passion. Well, it's weird because like, again, thinking on hidden gems because mm-hmm. I appreciate them just from that ridiculous almost like verging on irony like in mm-hmm. on that level and I think there's certainly a heavy dose of that when we appreciate the show because like yes it is ridiculous that we are talking about C-list celebrities dancing in outfits covered in spray tan and fringe and who knows, maybe barely no material sometimes. And Mm -hmm. like, it is ridiculous. And so we do laugh at it, but you also laugh with it because Dancing with the Stars at its best doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, mm-hmm. it, like yes the judges treat their jobs seriously so do the pros so do the dancers but yes. like they also know this should be fun a little bit of foon if you will mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. that like it is okay to just give in to the camp elements and yes. and so that's why I have always really enjoyed it I think mm-hmm. I think a certain host helped that sense of levity uh perhaps not that i've watched a single second of it uh perhaps a new host doesn't bring that same level of levity i mean we both know that we could talk about this for a while about what tom brought to the show but i do think that there is an important element where he kind of like he was the circus ringleader where he kept it all together you know and it takes a very special person to pull off that job and to pull it off well like he did because he didn't take it too seriously but then at the same time like when there were emotional moments during you know most memorable year week or when things came up like he still had that protective sense of like I understand this was a emotional thing you've just went through and that you're feeling real emotions right now while you're on a stage doing a ballroom dance for this cause and so it's like if you have to bring a warmth and an empathy but you also have to be able to think quickly on your feet like there's just there's so many hats that he wore Mm -hmm. and I do think he did it quite well but I also don't know if it's meant to be a one-person job either yeah I I will note Yes, we don't want this to be just like a bashing podcast. And we no. will not really bring up, generally, we, the intention is not to bring up current day Dancing no. with the Stars, especially considering one of us have ju- has jumped off the bandwagon for the foreseeable yes. future. Um, mm-hmm. But it, like you said, there will be many words exchanged about Tom Bergeron over yes. the course of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um And who knows, maybe if we put it out into the ether one day, (laughs) 
maybe one, one day well uh, maybe that and who knows maybe this podcast will need a new host <laughs> i would quit i would quit my job on this podcast to bring tom bergeron on absolutely well i have good news for you <laughs> <laughs> this is your first and your last day tom come on out <laughs> in chicago so we could be in the room with chris <laughs> Tom Bergeron has been living in my apartment. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I love that man so much. Yes. Like if I, <laughs> if I felt like starting a celebrity cult. Okay. I think we'd worship Tom Bergeron. <laughs> it feels. It feels right to have a cult following of Tom Bergeron. Mm -hmm. I also think, I mean, if you think about who's the hottest celebrity in town right now, who's everybody going to like immediately drop everything to join their cult? The answer is Tom Bergeron. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone has been waiting for this moment. Who didn't love America's Funniest Home Videos? Nobody. (laughs) Everybody loved it. Uh, Question. Yes. Have you ever watched Alfonso Ribeiro's America's Funniest Videos? No, I honestly don't. So it went Tom and then Bob Saget and then... Well, no, no, Bob Saget was the first one. So then Bob, then Tom. Oh, no, 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 no. It's... I don't know why I know the history of America's Funniest Videos. (laughs) It, It goes Bob Saget... Then there's like a two hosting duo. I think okay. they're next. There have been way more hosts of America's Funniest Videos than you would think. Okay. All right. I'm going to look this up and I'm going to tell you. So the hosts of America's Funniest Videos. So Bob Saget hosts for eight years. Mm-hmm. Then when he leaves, he is replaced by John Fuglesang and Daisy Fuentes. Which, Daisy Fuentes is who I was thinking of. I knew she was part of the duo. I could not tell you the other person. Also, I don't know if Daisy Fuentes is, like, anybody notable, but I just remember her. She hasn't been on Dancing with the Stars. Um, Then, there are a couple specials that are hosted by people like Richard Kind, D.L. Hughley, Stuart Scott hosts one. Um, Steve Carell hosted one. Like an episode or a season? Like a like an episode, like a special. Okay. Oh, it was only released on home video. So that makes it a little better for Mr. Carell. Yeah. And then in 2001, it was reordered as a regular series with Tom Bergeron. And he hosts for 14 years. Alfonso Ribeiro's been hosting it for five years already? I mean, okay, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. America's Funniest Videos is the real real show that's like a, that's still on? (laughs) And I get how it's still on because it's super low cost and it's just counter-programming while football is on. So it's not going to attract a big audience, but it's not expected to. 
and they don't have to pour much money into it. it like i don't understand why people would watch it because that's what youtube is for the final important question about america's funniest videos is this is tom bergeron more famous for dancing with the stars or america's funniest home videos I think to the general public, America's Funniest Home Video. I know, and I hate that for him. I do too. I hate that for him. Like, I think people know he's the host of Dancing with the Stars, but if they could, if they thought of one, it's I think so AFV. Too. Yeah. Which I think gives a very different impression of Tom Bergeron. Because AFV is, like, written to be a little hokier. And while I'm certain there were aspects of it that were just done live to tape and they really didn't edit much from it, I think the live TV element gave Tom just a very different energy. Yeah, I would agree. He talks about that, like, in his book about how he would have to, like, meditate, you know, how he has to meditate before he goes on and, like, that it's live TV and there's that added like element to it that does change the way that he approaches it yeah so in conclusion tom when you're thinking about starting your meditation cult call me let us know (laughs) in conclusion everyone should go get tom bergeron's book (laughs) i'll i'll make sure tom since you're since you're here in my apartment um tom we're plugging your book right now okay you can you can head back in the room now. Um, okay, you're you've you've pleased him for at least this one more episode. Oh, thank God! Can that just be a running bit in our podcast of every episode? I have to do something that pleases Tom in order to be the host of the next episode. That was a bit. <laughs> Podcasting. It's an audio medium. <laughs> So, Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) Dancing with the Stars. It's a show. Um, It ran for many years. It it is running for many years. Yes. Um, It is a spinoff of Strictly Come Dancing, a show from the UK. For some reason, I thought Strictly was airing many years before Dancing with the Stars started. It was only like a year old by the time it came over to America. Really? Yeah. yeah. Strictly started in 2004, um, which I definitely did not realize. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, in its first um, its first season, it did include both head judge Len Goodman and Bruno Tonioli on the judging panel. Um, mm-hmm. They were brought over. The only other major like camera quote-unquote camera talent uh Mm -hmm. to come over from strictly to dancing with the stars uh was disembodied british announcing voice alan dedicote um but it first started airing on abc in the summer of 2005 so you were not watching in 2005 right correct yeah in 2005, I was 10 years old, and I don't think a ballroom dancing competition reality series was high on the list of things I wanted to do. And I have to think, too, if it was on Wednesday nights, I imagine it was probably around my bedtime that it was airing. 
as a 10-year-old child? Yeah, so the ABC summer schedule mm-hmm. uh, when Dancing with the Stars premiered in the summer of 2005. Um, now, of course, I'm going to talk central times because that is God's time zone of which we were most familiar. Absolutely. Uh, so at 7 o'clock, they would air reruns of Super Nanny. And I was definitely watching that at that time. I will say that. Dancing with the Stars would air at the 8 o'clock hour for one hour. Okay. And its lead-out program were reruns of Lost. Which, you know what? Good for them. That would have been... That was Lost's first season. Yeah, Lost's first season had just finished that spring. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. Lost was a big phenomenon. Yes. Um, But then... So was Dancing with the Stars during its premiere. Uh, this is a wild fun fact. In its first season, uh, Dancing with the Stars, I mean, was easily the number one show of the summer 2005 ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, but its premiere with over 13 million viewers made it uh, the second biggest summer debut for an American reality series. Okay, yes, it is ridiculous to say, here's this wild fun fact, and then it was the biggest thing for specific, 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 like, oh boy, what, how special to be the second highest summer American reality TV show debut. Like, good for them. (laughs) Um, But it was second only to Survivor, which is wild. Because when you think about, like, the early 2000s reality TV boom, like, obviously, Survivor is the one. Yes. But if you were making a Mount Rushmore of the other influential early 2000s reality shows, you Dancing with the Stars with is the stars not here. <laughs> no. And yet, I think it has been really influential because it really... It wasn't the first, like, celebrity reality show. Mm-hmm. But it was probably the biggest of them Mm -hmm. and i think helped popularize the format i may be making this stuff up i didn't do any research that's like my personal feelings of the show and of pop culture and reality series as a whole Mm -hmm. so we are gonna play america's new favorite game does katie know these celebrities Um, So when talking about the season one cast, we are talking about summer of 2005. Mm -hmm. And Dancing with the Stars has always been known for its uh, loose definition of the word star. Yes. So here are the six contestants on Dancing with the Stars' first season. Okay. In no particular order. Mm-hmm. Who is Evander Holyfield? If I had to guess, which I do, because that name means very little to me. I believe he was partnered with Edita. Yes, Evander is partnered with Edita Slavinska. And I would say he is a... NASCAR driver. 
very close. Well, I mean, he's an athlete. <laughs> um, okay. Evander Holyfield is a heavyweight boxer. Oh, that was my second guess for sure. <laughs> um, okay. Joey McIntyre with his partner, Ashley Del Grosso. He sounds like a boy bander of some kind. Joey McIntyre is the youngest member of New Kids on the Block. Also, we might as well start mentioning the pros. Yeah. Edita, obviously an icon. Absolutely. An iconess. Icon. Icon. Like, let's call her what she is. She is an icon. Mm -hmm. Some might say she is the reason that leg warmers still exist. Arguably. Some may call her the lady of the leg warmers. I don't know who would ever do that. Um, and then Ashley Del Grosso, who is also an early staple of the show. Um, yes. Staple being sort of questionable in this case, because she's only there for a couple seasons. But she um, is consistently there for those yes. seasons. And she is very notable for one of those seasons yes. because of her partner. Her partner who wore his own shoes and just walked around the floor and didn't want to be there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> good for you, Ashley. <laughs> um, we also have competing Trista Sutter. Who's Trista? A model. No, she is not a model. Do you want to take another guess? She, Trista Stutter, is distantly related to Sutton Foster and is a Broadway star. So close. Trista Stutter uh, was the star of The Bachelorette. She was the very first Bachelorette. Um, she was also the runner-up on season one of The Bachelor. How interesting. I did not realize that the Bachelor's um, roots run so deep with Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that, like, from the get-go, they were making waves together, which makes sense. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I I feel like my family watched the first season of The Bachelor. Okay. And I feel like maybe we watched The Bachelorette. Because I definitely, I definitely remembered Trista as a name. Okay. I, uh, the other reason I, I know her, like, all these years later, uh, Jay Leno, in an interview once, basically admitted that she was just, like, so boring that he once, like, after interviewing her, like, saw her, like, as they were leaving the studio afterward, and thought she was a fan and did not remember interviewing her on the show, oh. like, minutes earlier. Oh, my goodness. Well, Trista, I didn't remember you either. <laughs> and I'm sure it hurts more than when Jay Leno forgot about you. If you're listening, Trista, I hope you already heard that Jay Leno story. <laughs> <laughs> if not, I'm just the messenger. Um, she was partnered with Louis Van Amistel. Oh, Sorry, that's a terrible Louis. pronunciation. Louis Van Amstel. Yeah. I don't know we why I always try to put an I in his name. He doesn't need one in his last name. 
No, he's got one on his first name. <laughs> um, okay, we have three more competitors. Okay. Rachel Hunter. Who's Rachel? She is probably Rachel Hunter in the early 2000s is probably a Good Morning America anchor. You should have gone back to the model well. Oh, she's a model? She's a model. Oh, of course she is. She's a New Zealand model. Um, she's appeared on several magazine covers. <laughs> I, I did such dedicated, detailed research. She has appeared on several magazine covers, including Vogue, Elle, Rolling Stone, Sports Illustrated, Playboy, Cosmo, and Harper's Bazaar. She has also been on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue twice, once in 1994 and once in 2006. Neither time was she the only person on the cover. Well, I mean, some might say that Dancing with the Stars catapulted her onto that cover. Mm -hmm. Some might say it. Or some might say the fact that there were seven people on the cover. <laughs> but most would say it was Dancing with the Stars. She was married to Rod Stewart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> In the year of our Lord 2020, everybody loves Rod Stewart. Everybody's a Stewart fanatic. <laughs> Although, she was married to Rod Stewart for 16 years. They were divorced in 2000. <laughs> they were divorced in 2006. Some say. <laughs> Some say. Her stint on Dancing with the Stars is what catapulted her into divorce. We wouldn't say that, but but some have said it. Most have said <laughs> it. We are not a part of that most. Take for that what you will. Miss Hunter, if you are listening, don't shoot the messenger. We're just saying what most people have said. Miss Hunter, come on our podcast, please. We're begging. We need you to answer these hard-hitting questions. Miss Hunter, if you're listening, please ignore the parts where I was clearly just reading off the Wikipedia page of your life. <laughs> And just pretend that I knew them in my yeah. heart. In my heart. Anyway, <laughs> she was partnered with Jonathan Roberts. Now we move to the two that I believe you know. Yeah. Um, so we have Kelly Monaco. Mm-hmm. Most notably from Dancing with the Stars Season 15 <laughs> All-Stars. <laughs> Yes, that is that is what she is most notable for. That's why she was cast on this season. And some would say she maybe has more notoriety from a soap opera titled Days of Our Lives. I believe um, your accent made General Hospital sound a little strange. And I yeah. just want to clarify that Katie said General Hospital <laughs> I, in her Midwest I accent. Indeed, I did indeed say General Hospital. I apologize. Sometimes my accent, my um, my Des Moines, Iowa accent just really comes in thick and messes some words up. Mm -hmm. 
she was partnered with Alec Mazo, mm-hmm. uh, most notable for his marriage to Edita Slavinska. Yes. Our first power couple of Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Some might say the only. Are there other power couples of Dancing with the Stars? Am I forgetting people? I mean... Oh my god, yes! I'm I'm forgetting so many! All of a sudden I was like, oh, there's Kim and Robert, and then I didn't even think of Max and Peta. The Um, you're also forgetting Val and Jenna, and then you're also forgetting Sasha and Emma. (laughs) I would like to make it clear. Of the people you... you watch the show. (laughs) Of the people you listed. I think it is unfair that I forgot uh, Sasha and Emma, and I, yeah. it is unfair that I forgot Peta and Max, and it is unfair that I forgot Val. Full stop. <laughs> Val and who? Val and his wife? Yeah, yeah. Are they married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are? Where was I? Was I not invited? Do you really not know this? Do you genuinely not know this? <laughs> this is This is not a bit. This is groundbreaking news, dude. They're they're 100% married. I knew they were a couple, but I didn't know they were married. Aren't they? If they aren't, I'm going to be so happy. They're married for sure. Uh, They got married in 2019. Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense that I missed that because 2019 was such a hard year. Easily the hardest year in recent memory. Okay. And uh, finally, we have John O'Hurley. He's an actor most notably known for coming in second place on Dancing with the Stars and demanding a dance-off. Correct. Uh, Do you know anything he's been in? I for sure know, like, I don't know that I could list anything off the exact top of my head, but, like, I know his face and I know that he has been in things that I have seen. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing he's probably best known for, most notable, uh, is his recurring role on Seinfeld, um, in which he appeared as Jay Peterman, Elaine's boss, mm-hmm. in case you're not a Seinfeld Seinfeld head, Seinfeldian. I am not, and I could talk um, not a lot about this, but I was not a big Seinfeld fan, but I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She is my lord and savior, and I love her on Veep, and I worship everything that she does, except for Seinfeld. (laughs) Wow. And you are, and you think you have the clout to be on this podcast? I'm (laughs) Tom, do you like Seinfeld? We'll get back to you on that one. Oh, Tom, you love Seinfeld? <laughs> we can't we can't speak for Tom yet. Um I can't I can't hear him right now. He might be meditating. And I think it's important to note that the reason why we were going through this cast is because I don't know that we have fully touched on it, but <laughs> what we want this podcast to be is that we are going to go through previous seasons and recap them. And I don't think that we have touched on that quite enough. I think it was implied. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll be starting by talking about episodes of this first season uh, Mm -hmm. with all 
11 of the 12 people we have mentioned, the 12th being Char- Charlotta Jorgensen, John O'Hurley's partner, um, will be talking about their dances, the packages, yep. Yep. the sights, the sounds, the Tom the Bergeron, the Harold Wheeler Orchestra, the judges. Um, so on this first season, uh, there is one notable difference. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom has... Uh, a different co-host than he will for most of the early goings, uh, Lisa Canning. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the only time that I watched any of the first season of Dancing with the Stars is I mm-hmm. went back and I watched a bunch of the dances. So I'm not sure I ever saw her in action. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to uh, go back and see her. Because I, I vaguely remember uh, Samantha Harris, who... Uh, succeeded her and then of course there was uh, everyone's favorite contestant Brooke Burke Chauvet yes I was gonna say that is the only co-host that I think I've ever seen in action you're forgetting Aaron Andrews well yeah Aaron Andrews but I mean like from the beginning like I I don't know that I ever saw Tom with anyone mm-hmm. prior to seeing him with Brooke Burke Chauvet yeah and Lisa and you don't Brooke even remember Sa- you don't remember Samantha I don't think so. Was she on Sean's season? Yeah. She was there till like season 10, maybe. No, I don't remember her. Wow, what a what a ride I'm about to be in for. Oh, truly. Otherwise, the judges panel remains the same. Mm-hmm. Carrie Ananaba, Len Goodman, Bruno Tonioli. Mm-hmm. I'm about to make you do something difficult. Who's your favorite judge? There's a right answer. There is a right, there's a right answer, and there's the answer that I want to just, like, blurt out. Then blurt your answer. Blurt your gut, girl. Len Goodman. Who's the right answer? Len Goodman. Okay, when you say there's a right answer and an answer I just want to blurt out, that makes it sound like there are two separate answers. Well, no, because there's the right answer, and it's, like, the one that my gut says, but I feel as though... Lately, I have begun to maybe lean a little bit more towards Bruno, but I don't think I can fight the bullet. And like, I can't say that consistently Bruno is my favorite judge. Mm-hmm. So I have to say Lynn. But there is a small caveat that sometimes it's difficult to love grumpy Lynn Goodman. Mm-hmm. I- Who is your favorite judge? I mean, some people have called me the dance master. You might say everyone who knows me has called me that at one time in my life or the other. Yes. And it is all because um, in my celebrity cult headed by Tom Bergeron, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's going to be a front. <laughs> and we are fronting that we are also secretly um, subscribing to the ideals of the grumpy one himself, Len Goodman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I I love that man. He's a perfect individual. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing more to add that can just top the perfection that is Len Goodman. Okay. So Len Goodman is your favorite judge. Mm-hmm. But I love all, like, I, tr- I do love all three of them. I love Carrie yeah. Ann and Bruno and Len, like... As a as a consistent judging panel, they just work really well together. They temper each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
I have very little complaint with them as judges. Mm-hmm. I've had complaints over the years about different judge decisions. And I've had complaints about things the producers have done with the judges. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love each of the three of them in their own way. Yes, I would agree. And I think that they all bring something so wonderful to the show. And I think that there are moments where I really agree with, you know, one and I might not just agree as much with the other two. And yeah, I think that they have such a wonderful chemistry and they have such a good, I'd like to think that they all enjoy each other's company. And I don't know how after doing 15 years of the show, how you could not enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Len and Bruno have the added benefit of they've, spent a lot of time doing strictly together as well yes um so they kind of have to pretend to like each other mm-hmm. what if they hate each other wouldn't that be a wild thing to think like because there are moments where len does seem to get genuinely frustrated with bruno uh, and if you're gonna say he gets frustrated with anybody we also must mention Sometimes the look of disdain that he seems to have for what Carrie Ann is squealing about. Um, Yes. And so it's like, there are moments where I'm like, God, what if they really don't? But I think it's, I mean, I don't think you can work that closely and not have a love for them, even if you might not like super enjoy them. You know what I mean? Like there's always like, they have that bond. They are the original three judges and they have created, or not created, but they have helped foster this iconic mm-hmm. TV show that we will be recapping. Yeah. It's kind of like our relationship. We don't have to like each other, and clearly we do not. Mm-hmm. But we have to respect the Dancing with the Stars podcast we have built yes. over all this time. Yes. It's, it's identical. Yeah, really. It's been a real journey we've been on together Mm -hmm. so katie i believe that brings us to the end of this first episode Mm -hmm. of just meaningful plastic Mm -hmm. so before we embark on our journey looking at the first season of dancing with the stars let me ask you what are you most looking forward to in the first season I think the thing I am most excited about is watching the simplicity of the dances. And I think I am most excited about getting back to our roots and to, yeah, to just like all of that, which I only said two things, but that is what I am most excited about. What are you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, most looking forward to in season one? I'm looking forward to the chemistry between the principal recurring talent of Dancing with mm-hmm. the Stars. Um, because again, I've, I've seen the dances before. I've, so I've seen like the set, the Harold Wheeler mm-hmm. Orchestra in their early days, um, some of the costume decisions, some of those things, but I haven't really spent much time listening to the judges and seeing is their chemistry different than what it has been recently? Um, What is Tom like in that first year? Um, What is the role of the co-host, especially considering she's only going to be there for a Mm -hmm. year? So I think that's what I'm, 
I'm really excited mm-hmm. about for you and in a weird way i'm excited to get your thoughts on that age-old question from 15 years ago should kelly have won and did we need the dance off Mm -hmm. but that's not a question for next week (laughs) well thank you for listening to this episode of just meaningful plastic please if you enjoyed this episode share with your friends tell other people to listen uh we think it's gonna be decent and who knows maybe like summer of 2005 you will have stumbled upon the second biggest (laughs) reality debut podcast based in america of a podcast discussing dancing with the stars it'll be the most special thing you've ever been a part of Katie, I love you and I like you. Chris, I hear you and I see you. And please, stay tuned for Lost right after this. Perfect. <laughs>